Hello everyone and welcome back to Baseball Banter, our fourth episode and today we are being brought to you by MBGF Plays, our new YouTube channel that has all the gaming fixes you need. You can find it on the YouTube and go check it out right now. Ollie, can you talk a little bit about the first series that you are recording right now or putting on the YouTube as we speak? Yeah, the, um, put on. the first series is just a let's play of a little indie game called Quadrilateral Cowboy. Um, it's a cyberpunk game where you just use code to deactivate lasers in real time. Uh, requires a lot of planning and it's a lot of fun. Requires a lot of planning to play or is it yes. like part of the game that you plan? Like in part of the game is planning, but also figuring out what code to run with like you have to set up the code ahead of time and go, all right, in between deactivating this laser and deactivating this laser, we're going to wait 10 seconds. So you have to just nail the timings on everything and then execute. All right. And what have you got planned like coming up then? Oh, uh, we've got Aviary Attorney coming up, which is a bird lawyer simulator set uh, during the 1848 French Revolution. Um, and Gnog, which is a weird puzzle game about making giant robot heads work. I love Gnog. I love the name Gnog. That's a hell of a no that's a hell of a name. Also, Gnog. the heads sing at you after you make them work. It's, it's a thing. It's a thing. <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, Ollie, thank you so much. Uh, yeah, go check out MBGF uh, plays. Barney, how are you doing? I'm what doing are you great playing? Today. What are you, What are you playing right now? Oh, I'm not playing anything these days. I'm looking forward oh. to playing baseball because we can start doing yes. that again soon. Uh, mm -hmm. But for the time being, I'm just playing the uh, the game of life. Not the board <laughs> game, the game of life. <laughs> just just the game of life. And how 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 are the dice rolling right now? <laughs> the game of life. None of them have fallen off the table yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good thing. All right, let's dive into like what we have to talk about today. Um, let's start with some of the news. Uh, I think like maybe it's good to know that we've. It's been a while since we recorded this, so a lot of things happened. Odorizzi signed with the Astros, amongst others. Uh, LeBron James is apparently buying the Red Sox. We're not going to talk about all that today. Uh, what I do want to talk about one point first is maybe like Carrasco. Uh, got traded to the, to the Mets, along with Lindor, and he teared his hammy. He's out for about 68 weeks again, so he's going to miss... A, sizable chunk of the season. Do you think it, that harms the Mets' chances? You said he's out for 68 weeks? Six to eight weeks. <laughs> I was going to say that's more than part six of the season. Two, six to... Yeah, the... Um, Barney, the part of the season... The part of yes. the... Yeah. The part of the season he was talking about is the uh, 2024 season. Mm -hmm. Just The like, 2020 decade. Yeah. Basically, yeah. Any thoughts on Cookie? Do we think that might harm the Mets a little bit? Yeah, of course it harms the Mets. Yeah. But we like that. I mean, I like it. You I don't like it for I Cookie. I don't like that. I don't like that. I want DeGrom in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think it hurts them, but I don't think that it hurts them irreparably. And hopefully mm. he's able to, to heal up quickly. Uh, what are we, two weeks out from opening day right now? Yeah, yeah. So, with any luck, he'll Ooh. only miss a month of playtime. 
Yeah. Which uh, isn't great, but I, I think the Mets have enough going for them that it won't like totally torpedo their season or anything like that. Yeah, I, I guess they're still pretty deep. Yeah, I'm looking at their um, their first month schedule, and in that schedule they face the Red Sox. So they face they they face the uh, NL East a whole bunch, but they also face like Colorado and the Red Sox, and okay. yeah, like they face some and Arizona and Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Like they face some weak teams here. Okay. So and then like in May when the when their schedule picks up a little bit, yeah, they might have Cookie back. Yep. All right. Hoping so. Hoping so. Hammy suck, man. Tearing your hammy, not great. Not right. great. Uh, speaking of things that are not great, the 2021 farm system rankings are out. Well, they're great for Barney uh-huh. and Ollie. Pretty yeah, they're not so yeah. great for not so great for me. Uh, like they're the MLB pipeline 2021 farm system rankings. The Mariners are third spot now, behind the Tigers in the Tampa Bay race. Do we think that that's deserved? I don't know a lot about Tampa Bay's prospect pool. Uh, they're deep. Uh, I think they've been ranked number one for like two years now or something. Mm-hmm. They're led by Wander Franco, who's like the runaway top prospect in baseball. Uh, they've they've got Randy Arozarena, who yeah. set the the World Series home run record, or was it postseason yeah. home run record? Post postseason, the I don't think it was World Series. Yeah, the postseason no. home run record last year. Uh, they've got Luis Patino. Like they, yeah, they picked him up from the Padres. From the Padres, yeah, because uh, the Padres were uh, looking to cash in this year. So, uh, yeah, the Rays, the Rays essentially have like a, a middle of the pack MLB team in their pipeline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then we have the, the Tigers. Um, they get, they had like two of the last three number one overall picks. Those are it. Those make up also the top of their prospect pool. So they got Spencer Torkelson as the number three, and then Casey Mize as their number eleven, mm-hmm. uh, as the number eleven on the uh, MLB wide top one hundred. Um, I've seen Tar- Tarek Skubal pitch against the Phillies in a spring training game, and he looked ridiculous. He hasn't given up a run all spring yet, so. Things are looking good for uh, Detroit. Yeah, they've got a lot of pitching depth in their farm system. Also, kind of notable, they're the first team ever to have five of the top 25 players uh, from the MLB pipeline. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, cool. So that's that's great. Oh, I see. Yeah. I mean, yeah, then you've done very well. Yeah. Very top-heavy then. Exactly. Um, I, I do notice that they don't, after number 25, have anyone nope. else in the top 100. So, no. uh, yeah, top-heavy seems like a great way to describe it. Yeah, so I think, like, like I don't know, like, Casey Mize made a starter to last season. He might come up uh, this season again, and then when Spencer Torkelson also makes it up. The, the Tigers might be interesting, a little bit more interesting than we gave him credit in our preseason ranking. I think we were pretty harsh overall. Toward the Tigers in our preseason ranking, but yeah, I guess yeah. like the Central Divisions was just something we didn't really bother about, <laughs> so we were like kind of. I mean, I, I think that the Tigers are still expected to be terrible. Uh, yeah, I don't think a lot of these guys are going to be coming up this year. No, I think what they've done in the in the off season was basically pick up some veteran pieces so they don't have to rush their prospects up. Uh, but it it will become more interesting if they come up. Uh, and then third place, we have our uh, Seattle Mariners, or like your Seattle Mariners, Barney. They're all of ours. 
They're all of ours. Uh, the, the Seattle Mariners aren't competitors. They're protagonists. Yeah, MLB protagonists, Seattle Mariners. Yes, that's that's very much the case. They're the good uh, guys of baseball. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you look at their jerseys, I would call them the good guys because I'm, I'm seeing here a little picture of a light blue Mariners jersey that just looks amazing. A little flash of the baby blue. Yeah, it looks a lot oh, better with uh, the rest of their colors than yeah. who does with the, the Phillies red. Oh, just uh, shut up. It's powder blue, okay? It's powder blue. My it's bad. different. My yeah. Bad. I'm sorry. Anything you want to want to? I think we've talked about their prospect tool quite a lot because of a certain CEO. Uh, yeah. But uh, you want? Is there anyone you want to mention here in this? Yeah. In this so I, I think there are two kind of prospects that need to be talked about as we get into the beginning of the season, uh, and that's probably going to be who ends up filling out the uh, the starting left field spot for them. Uh, Jared mm-hmm. Kelnick has gotten a lot of talk, but he suffered a grade two adductor strain uh, at the beginning of spring training in like the second or third game. Uh, yeah. But he, he's recovered from that quite quickly, and he's already back in games. Uh, I think he went like two for three last night or something. So that Sounds good. He seems like he's back at it, uh, but everyone is saying that the most impressive player at the Mariners camp has been Taylor Trammell, who is their uh, the number 100 overall prospect, uh, also a left fielder, and apparently he's just been like blowing people away. Uh, super impressive, so there's a good chance that he gets the shout for uh, the starting left field spot, at least until Jared Kelnick sees a few more at-bats uh, and right. gets called up. So that's kind of the big competition. I think it'll be really interesting to see. Uh, but it's would, been would really you... exciting to see all of these guys really perform well uh, in camp so yeah. far. Are the Mariners threatening to have a outfield logjam then? Because if I can remember correctly, you got Kyle Lewis, you got Mitch Haniger, and then you have uh, the guy who's going to fill the spot of Jared, Jared Kelnick. Yeah, so I, I don't think that they'll probably be logjammed. They have a couple guys right now that are, at least in my opinion, just sort of fill in the spot. I, I don't see them as being there long term. So I, I can see them uh, ending up with four elite outfielders. That's hmm. that's not a problem. That's a good that's yeah. a good spot to be uh, at. Especially they can DH, right? Exactly, because a few of those guys uh, could definitely DH. I think the uh, the jam could come when Julio Rodriguez is ready to come up. Uh, we might see him this season, but he's kind of expected to come in the 2022 season uh, because then they'll mm-hmm. they'll be in a position where they have five potentially elite outfielders. Yeah, uh, and that might be a little tough though. There there's a possibility that Mitch Haniger really uh, he he's been injured for like a year and a half now. So maybe he'll uh, settle into a DH role a little bit more or something like that. Uh, yeah. You see anyone being traded uh, potentially? If, if the situation pans out, like you're saying, it, could you see anyone get traded? From the outfielders? Yeah. Or do you think they'll just hang on? Uh, I mean, there there's an argument that they'll ditch Henniger if, uh, yeah. if things are really working out quickly with the prospects, although he's he's sort of been considered the best player on the team for a while at least when he's yeah. not injured in, in multiple ways. Uh, so I, I don't really know there. Um, All right. I don't immediately see one as like the obvious choice. I mean, they're talking about the rebuild being built around Jared Kelnick and Julio Rodriguez, and then Kyle Lewis just sort of shocked everyone last year. He wasn't exactly like the, the top of the conversation, but then he went and won Rookie of the Year. So, so yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. But then things things are on the uppers I hope for the so. Mariners. <laughs> yeah, you kind of deserve a little bit of a good break there. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, number four goes to the Marlins. Number five goes to Baltimore Orioles. Uh, 
Both teams six. that are in dire need of some help. Yeah. So the Marlins, like the Marlins, don't have like they're in a good position because they already had a winning season last year. They had they won a postseason series, so they're kind of yeah. doing good. Baltimore Orioles, they really need their prospects to like pan out a little bit. Oh yeah. Uh, but uh, could 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 still like be very interesting. Of course, your Padres, who are still up there, they still have like good one, grief. two, three, four, five top. 100 prospects even after all the people they traded that's uh, ridiculous so yeah. the i think the only top 100 prospect they gave up in all their trades was luis petito who went to the race for blake snell which makes sense because like you don't trade with grace without giving up something of value to them yeah that's just I, how they work yeah, yeah. I, I think that it's the the padres are in a really great position to be uh the team to beat in baseball for the 2020s oh definitely yeah. that's and their willingness to spend also like gives them an edge. I think having an owner that is that wants to spend, mm-hmm. they have a two hundred million dollar payroll this year, and they're going for it. Like signing Tatis to that extension, just yeah. Yeah, we still I, have to talk to them. I think that it's a really welcome grading. thing to see as well, uh, because yeah. we've seen a lot of uh, either through their actions or through their direct words, a lot of yeah. uh, owners and CEOs not be willing to spend recently. Like the most obvious other than the, the Mariners debacle, is uh, the Colorado Rockies. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it, it's been kind of embarrassing to see that in, in baseball. So it's really nice to see the Padres uh, showing a little bit of the opposite, where they're, they're willing to spend money, they're willing to make uh, take risks, uh, and they are looking to set up a potential really strong team for yeah. a long time to come. Oh, boy. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. They're the teams uh, that are for, I think, if you just want to be a fan of baseball. Yeah. If you're just getting into the game, they're like the most fun team to to watch. I'm looking forward uh, to it, partly because they're in the National League and also because they're on the other side of the country from the Jays. Like, I'm yeah. okay with this. If there's any interleague play, they probably won't come to Toronto or like Toronto will not go to San Diego. Oh, yeah. Like, Toronto will not have to deal with them unless they're in the World Series, which is a good place to be. <laughs> Definitely. All right. Speaking of, speaking of Toronto. Speaking of Toronto. No, but speaking of Toronto, Rude. they're uh, number seven on this yeah. list. Ollie, what do you have to say about the the, the guys they have here in this uh, prospect pool? So they got um, so they got four of the uh, top hundred prospects uh, with Nate Pearson leading the way. He's expected to be a, a starter for him this year. Um, Austin Martin, the center fielder, is on his way up, uh, but I don't think he's a twenty twenty one call up. I think he's twenty twenty two. Uh, the one that's not in this top 100 list, uh, which we're looking for this year, is uh, Alejandro Kirk. Uh, he played... Uh, yeah, the catcher. He played a bit last year. Um, after... So in 2020, the Blue Jays came in with two catchers, um, and they were expecting Danny Jansen to be the more defensive of the two, uh, and they were expecting... Oh, man, I've lost his name now. Not um, Kirk. Reese, they have, yeah, Reese McGuire, that's his name. Oh, yeah. uh, and they expected Reese McGuire to be the offensive catcher of the two. And they were probably going to split it, you know, 60-40 between Jansen and Kirk. Uh, not Kirk, R- McGuire. There we go. Yeah. Um, and McGuire proceeded to then not hit. So, like, the one thing that he's supposed to do, he didn't do. So they called up yeah. uh, Kirk. Um, in Who had never want, played above A ball, right? Yeah. When it, he came up? Yeah. They, yeah. they called him up, I want to say, in August or so. And he just yeah. wrecked shop. So... <laughs> To, we're going to see this year whether or not he can take away that starting job from Danny Jansen. 
Is this his, is this Danny Jansen's walk year? Am I correct in saying that? No, uh, Jansen no. was a rookie last year or the year before. Oh, okay. Like he's still. So he's, he's, he's not been a while. Been he's not even in arbitration okay. yet. Okay. Okay. So that right. catcher battle will be the interesting thing to see this year. Yeah. Um. Okay. Yeah. Also, think, an interesting team. I think the Blue Jays are also interesting to talk about because uh, while they're not prospects. Uh, they have three really young guys who were top prospects just a, a year or two ago. Yeah, uh, in Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Bobichet, and Kevin Biggio. So yeah, I'm I mean, they're, I'm super excited. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so that fun. they're another one of those teams that's kind of uh, in this position where they they've gone through a bit of a rebuild, and they're. I, I think that we're seeing from them right now what we're going to see from the Padres in a year. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, all right. Um, here we have the uh, right behind um, the Blue Jays out of Pittsburgh Pirates. We kind of bashed on them. <laughs> Deservedly yeah, they're, so. Their farm well, system is actually, better than I gave them credit for. Yeah, I, I yeah, think, apparently. Yeah, the the big thing is I think when we did our preseason rankings, if you haven't checked those out, check them out. Um, yeah. But I think we were we were kind of ranking the teams that we see right now, mm-hmm. and the teams that we expect to see, not their prospects over the next few years. Yeah, but we did talk about their prospects a little bit because we were like, okay, this 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 team is so shy. There has to be something that's coming up behind them to have at least a shred of fun left for the twenty twenty one season. Yeah, and I guess we're pretty hard. Yeah, but Cabrian Hayes is going to be very fun to watch. I think he crushed like he just mashed a home run recently that was about four hundred and fifty feet or something. Oh yeah. Um, and then apparently they still have some other guys behind them. So they got Nick Gonzalez, Quinn Priester, Neil Cruz. They're in like the like the middle part of the top 100 prospects. But like that's more than a lot of other teams have. So there's like something to look forward to. I mean, how many minor league uh, players are there though? Like 2,000? Yeah. Oh, there's, yeah. At least. There's less this year than previous years, but mm-hmm. yeah. But if you got, what, so. teams of 25? Uh Four per major league team, so 120 teams, 25 per team. Yeah, like being in the top 100 out of that many players is still pretty good. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. <laughs> Number 64 on that list is still pretty good out of all yep. minor league players. Definitely. Uh, okay. Uh, rounding out the top 10 are the Diamondbacks and the the, the Royals, and then. We have a bunch of other teams, and I just want to see where my Phillies are at. Um, maybe good to see that, or interesting to see that the Dodgers are still in number fourteen. So even having such a prolonged stretch of success, they still haven't like completely bottomed out their farm system. <laughs> so what worries me is that we're getting in the twenties, and I still haven't seen the Philadelphia Phillies. Oh, here Phillies are. are at number twenty-three. Phillies are at number twenty-three. Yeah, Alec Bohm graduated, uh, so it makes sense that he was their top prospect. He is looking like an absolute stud, so it makes sense that they dropped off a little bit. They weren't that highly ranked before, so it's not like it makes a big difference. Spencer Howard, want to see him make a step forward this year. Uh, he was touted as a very good pitching prospect, but he's kind of like had a pretty rough 2020. He's had some injury history. And then our uh, first... First round pick of last year, Mick Abel. Uh, absolute stud, apparently, as well. Um, 
uh, high school pick, high school pitcher. So looking forward to see him develop. And I think like one of the guys that are that is currently not in this list is Mickey Moniak, who was a first overall pick at at a certain point. Has kind of had a big like has has gone through some issues because it's been five years since he was picked and he's only made like a couple of starts in the majors by now. Yeah, but he has had a really good spring, so I could see him jump up the leaderboard a little bit um, potentially. Uh, and like like they have here in their write-up, there's an exciting group of prospects growing at the bottom rungs of the organization. They have invested a lot in player development the last few years, so we could see them go up this list, uh, even if they're like currently in a window of contention, which usually like coincides with a less lesser developed farm system. We'll see what happens with them. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the worst, the two worst teams. Oh boy! Very recent. Uh, very recent World Series winners. Yeah, th- this will actually help me uh, segue into something that I just want to point out as well. You know what? Actually, I'll just say it right now. Uh, yeah, do I'd it. like Go you ahead. guys to take a look at the bottom third of teams. So 21 through 30 in yeah. terms of uh, their farm system rank. And I want yeah. I want you guys to tell me if you notice any patterns among those teams. Any any trait that those teams seem likely to have. Let's see. I so guess... we, got, we got the Rangers, Cubs, Phillies, Red Sox... Angels, Athletics, Rockies, Brewers, Astros, and Nationals. Four of those teams have something in common. That they won a World Series recently? I mean, you've got Boston. you got Boston, Reds. you got the Boston, right, th- Cubs. Three of them have got that. I, okay. Astros no, and Nationals. And, yeah. yeah. All right. Four. <laughs> four of them have that. Different, <laughs> different four teams. Go ahead. Different four teams have a different thing in common. That they only have one... Top 100 or something? I don't know. I don't know where you're going to. Yeah, where are you going with this? Uh, four of those teams are in the American League West. Oh. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, you're right. Oh, you are right. Oh no. That's everybody but the Mariners, right? Mm-hmm. Oh no. Oh boy. Oh. So what? Mariners are like a powerhouse for the next decade. Then is that oh, what the Mariners? The Mariners are just default AL West champions for the next ten years. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, oh. that's the thing that people are sort of talking about is it's, it's not going to happen this year. It's probably not going to happen next year. Uh, but the Mariners are the team that are sort of positioning themselves to be the team to beat in the AL West. Ah, so really. I'm excited for the mid-2020s. Oh, yeah. All right. So just got to give that little shout. Now let's no. talk about these bottom two teams. Oh, yeah. I just wanted to mention that they won a World Series quite recently. Um, among the bottom teams are also the Rockies. Imagine being a Rockies fan is God. Like you just traded away. I, I literally can't. Win. I can't imagine no. a reason why someone would be a Rockies fan right now. No. And then you have the Oakland A's, who have no top 100 prospects, but are still not the worst team among these lists. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're like number 26, but they have like no top 100. And I think that's kind of their mojo, right? They just find diamonds in the rough, and then they just that's, walk away with with. That's with the what division. they're known for. Like yeah. Brad Pitt wow. played in a movie uh, that was about that. Moneyball, check it <laughs> wow. out if you haven't. Moneyball, check it out. Uh, Read the book. The book is also pretty good. The book is, as well, yeah. Yeah. No one reads anymore. <laughs> what is reading? Uh, if it's not on the screen, if, it, if it's We're not on the screen, we are listening read. to voices rather than read. Exactly. Uh, is there anything else you guys want to talk about here? Just like, I always, no. I always like looking at the top of a prospect, like of a team ranking farm system ranking and then the bottom just to see like which teams are like excited 
and which teams are like, oh, we're going, we're in a rut for the next few years. So, yeah, I, I think that the interesting thing that I'm going to point out is that the Astros are still projected to probably win the AL West. Yeah. Um, yeah, and the Nationals are projected to have a decent season, and they have two of the best hitters in baseball in Trey mm-hmm. Turner and Juan Soto. So it's not like they're in a bad spot. Yeah. So that the future is kind of bleak. Yeah, the future is definitely in question. Unless you're the Rockies, because I don't think there is any question there. I think the Rockies are, bar none, the worst team in the MLB right now. Just, like, future prospects, current, everything. I I, I think, like, have you, have you guys I wouldn't use the word team. The... I would say organization. I think the Rockies yeah. are, like, I would... demonstrating themselves to be the worst organization. Basically. Yeah. I would say every guys... other team yeah. either is going to at least try and compete this year or they have hope for a future year, and the Rockies just have neither. Yeah. No, I think you're right. Also, have you have you guys seen the, the Foolish Baseball video on the Rockies? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I th- the thing that stood out to me the most was the fact that they've spent $256 million in free agency, which has resulted in minus 8.8 war over those players they spent that money on. Yeah. So it's just a, it's it's a it's a thing of like not drafting well, not developing well, not signing good players, and also just like putting a poor product on the field every day. It's just all it's, bad. It's just a mess. What a mess. Speaking of things that are a mess, well, spring training isn't really a mess. It's just really silly. Um, spring training is great. Spring, spring training is, is great. Yeah, I just wanted to talk about two, th- two things, um, or a couple of other things as well. Uh, we saw Hicks, Jordan Hicks, have this amazingly long at-bat with Luis Guillaume the other day. Oh, yeah. Uh, just imagine not having pitched in the majors for two years, and then you get you get another run out in spring training and then you're like okay you're gonna have like 20 pitches just like have a fast inning and then you face walk Guillaume, a batter 22. yeah and then you face he you walk him after yeah. 22 pitches you don't even get the out you walk him and then they're like yeah we gotta have to pull you from the game man <laughs> it's gotta be so sad um it's brutal it's absolutely it's brutal. brutal yeah it's it's uh it's like the longest in a regular season game, the longest of that was it has been is twenty one pitches. Yeah, so that would have broken the record. Would have broken the record if it was in the regular season. Um, it's great batting though. I, I gotta say, like like batting is yeah, very he was, hard to do. Yeah, oh, uh, especially against a guy that throws throws a hundred miles an hour and a slider and a changeup. Yeah, it's yeah, and it, yeah, he was just fouling off pitches. Yeah. So it's it's absolutely impressive on that end. I think that there's a lot of talk about like how much that sucks from the pitching end. Yeah. But like yeah. it's great batting. It's really it's it's like very an old school way of batting. He I think he swung like Guillaume swung to the for the fences at his first two pitches, maybe, and he went O two. Mm-hmm. And then he just battled back and he's just like making contact. Short short stride. Yeah. Yeah, oh, uh, yeah. In, in case we haven't mentioned it, uh, we're all coaches of a baseball team together. Uh, that's an at-bat that I want to show everyone on our baseball team for how to take an at-bat. Yeah. From a batter's point of view. Yeah, and how do, how do, how your strike zone just becomes like this big ball? Because he was like reaching out to get those change-ups. Exactly. You just got to put well. a bat on it and, poke him, and not strike Poke him out. to left field, yeah. It was great to see. Absolutely. Um, Another fun thing that happened was uh, Ollie, You've 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 seen this like the umpires went home at a certain point. Yeah. Uh, can you tell us? Can you tell us what happened there? Yeah. So, um, so Giants were playing the uh, the Indians. This was about a week ago now. Um, Giants are playing the Indians, and uh, I think the Indians are the home team here. 
and they're up five to four. Uh, sorry, no, mm-hmm. Giants are the home team, and they lead the game five to four. Got my teams mixed up. Uh, going into the bottom half of the ninth, and they're just like, we're gonna play this half inning. Like, the Giants want to hit, the Indians want to get their guy out there to pitch, so we're just gonna play another half inning. Uh, the umpires said, nope, this this game is over, and they just left. <laughs> So Giants played half an inning against the Indians with no umpires on the field. Just yeah. had the catcher call balls and strikes. Worked out fine. I get it. Do do umpires get paid for spring training games? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's um, it's also one of the times that uh minor league umpires like AAA umpires get some major league uh time. Okay. And they still wanted to go home. Okay. But I can get it. Like I hate umpiring myself as well. It's, I don't like it. It's not even that. It's just they... I don't even get paid for it. it. It's just they have rules and codes of conduct to follow, and part of it is upholding the rules of the game, even in spring training yeah. for some things, and one of them is just the length of the game. Yeah. I do like that that's, like, the the point where it stops. Because you've had, like, games that went into ties or when they uh, stopped the game early, stuff like that, but, like, play a half more inning while the other team is ahead? No. <laughs> that's where I, the line is and we're I, not I crossing think, it i think all those other things are just like written into spring training rules like i think those are actually okay. yeah okay things that the mlb allows and umpires get fined if they don't apply rules po- properly so i i imagine that not none of the three of them wanted to take that risk but i like the umpires also get to decide when the game is over like they they get to to call game is over but we're just going to stick around as dudes hanging out on the field just like the players or dudes hanging out on the field like they're no because that no because that's unprofessional they're actually not allowed to do that the game's over you leave the field that's part of like umpiring conduct dude spring training's different though like it is is but they're still they're they're still major league level umpires like playing in a competitive way and stuff that doesn't get upheld in spring training like the umpires are there to practice as well I, I get that they made the decision that they made, and that's fine. I'm not criticizing the decision that they made, but I don't think that it's the only decision that could be made. I don't Fair. think that it's like I don't think that they had a moral imperative to leave or anything. Like everyone yeah. is doing spring training to practice and get better at the craft, uh, so they could have absolutely just called the game and be like, "All right, now we're going to hang out here and you know help you guys get practice. We're going to get practice." I don't think that there's that it's like super obvious that they make that decision. Fair enough. I guess you're right. Yeah. If they did that during like a, a regular season game, that would be crazy. That would be bonkers. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. But like uh, in spring training, nothing's real. Everyone. No, that's true. Everyone Except... is there to get the practice that they need, and if the umpires feel like they need that practice, uh, like I, I don't see. A I think with that any more than the players saying, "Let's play an extra half inning." The only things that are real about spring training is when your team performs well or players on your team perform well. Because then you have to t- you have to like say like this is like who's gonna have a breakout season this year or he's in the best shape of his, of his life. And when a pitcher gives up five runs in a, in an inning, you just say like oh he's just working on his curveball. He's only throwing his curveball, so it doesn't really matter. So that's the, that's how spring training works. Everybody only knows it. Spring training are positive. Exactly. Yeah. There's Everything only good, good things in spring, in spring training. training. Exactly. All Unless right. your team's in a bad spot, then it's time to fire everyone. Blow it all up, start from scratch. What's, we'll talk about the Phillies later. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so also Tatis, really fast. Don't, see, don't know if you guys saw how he manufactured a run, basically. I think it was like an infield. Like, the, the ball didn't leave the infield at any point, and he just 
Um, I think Got it was it. like an infield infield hit to go to first, and then he moved from first to third on a bunt because they left third base open. God. I think it was like that, or like a, a, a swinging bunt maybe. And then he scored on a sack pop-up. So it wasn't a sack fly. It was a pop-up to the shortstop, and he scored on <laughs> tagging up from third base. Good so grief. Tagging up on an infield hit. Yeah. Or an infield and he was safe. He was safe. I was. Yeah. I guess like the shortstop didn't like never realize that he was going, so he like never made made like he made the he tried to make the play, but he was never. Because like as an infielder, I would never expect someone to try to exactly tag up exactly. on a ball that was hit yeah. to me. And then like imagine imagine not being safe on that play. You just look stupid if then oh, if yeah. you're out on the play. Oh yeah, it's a huge play. huge risk. Yeah. Yeah, and but then he just to tease, so he, he would look cool. Doing yeah, exactly. It. Everyone would, would be like, cool. "Oh, I'm glad he tried that." Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, he's exciting for the game. Exactly. And now, and now he he scores as well, so that's like amazing stuff. Yeah. Uh, we talked about this. Like, I I I, I quickly sent a text to uh, Barney and Ollie when this happened. When Degrom hit 102 recently, uh, that guy just like raises his average velocity every year. Every year he gets it's older, but he, he throws harder. And he's not like a buff dude. He's got like these big like chunky legs that's that's what he got but he's not like a big strong dude you wouldn't expect him to throw that hard isn't he also like six six yeah he's pretty tall that's true God, he's got some like a tall body he's like a big that's some pole. verlander shit yeah it's it's crazy 32 years old and i'm just like okay casual 102 he's like up there with like the highest average velocity for starters any year it's just like a mental he just he gives me hope for like my pitching and our pitching that we can continue. To <laughs> exactly. We just we'll, we'll like once we're thirty five, we'll throw ninety. Exactly. Yeah. Guarantee it. <laughs> just gotta keep at it right. every year. Exactly. Uh, and then uh, you guys brought up Verlander. Uh, he he yeah. took his first pitches. They're calling. Oh him. yeah. His first throws. Yeah. Uh, that was, that was a kind great, of fun great to see. moment for him. Uh, wishing the best for him, even though I wish you were on a different team. Yeah. Don't we all? Don't we? <laughs> yeah. Um. And then Stanton hit a ball 120 miles an hour, and it wasn't even a hit. It was out. He was out on the line, line out. So that was sad. Um, I would soil myself if, if someone yeah. hit a ball 120 miles an hour at me. At you. Yeah, that's just, that's, yeah, that's, that's just crazy. Um, I, are there any other storylines you want to talk about your teams? Uh, like, Ollie, you mentioned the catcher uh, on Alejandro Kirk, the decision on what, what, like, where what he what he what are going to do with catcher? Is there anything else that has come up? Not really. Like the um, the bullpen's in flux, but that's the case for basically every team. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a little bit of like they're kind of looking at who's playing what position in what scenario because they picked up um, Marcus Simeon, uh, but they already have Bo Bichette, and so if Marcus Simeon's going to go play second base, where does Kevin Biggio go? Does he go to third? Does he go to the outfield? Like, where does he go play? So there's, like, they're just going to shift around those parts, I think, yeah. throughout the season. And Vladi said at first. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He did take he did take a, a game at third base this spring training. At least one that I know of. Okay. So they're looking at maybe getting him back there, but that might not be a regular season thing. I mean, he knocked off, what, 40 pounds over the offseason? Uh, like, he's, he's oh, definitely yeah. looking a lot more like an athlete, the athlete that we all want him to be, so... I know that that yeah. kind of is a, a storyline Bar- from a few weeks ago. but Yeah, but Barney, yeah. you have to say the words, the he's spring the training be- words. He, yeah, he's in the best shape of his life. Exactly. <laughs> that's You have to say it. If you're if you're talking spring training, that's like, or he has like he has a new pitch or a new pitch grip or something like that. 
He's Has developing a slider. He's developing. <laughs> he like, oh my god! From, he's oh developing god. a slider from third base. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to throw First sliders. Him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh boy, Marty. What about the Mariners? You've talked about left field. Yeah, I talked uh, about left Kelnick. field a little bit. Uh, I do uh, really quickly want to touch on James Paxton because there's like, like an aura of mystery that's surrounding James Paxton. Uh, because so James mm-hmm. Paxton was like an ace starter with the Mariners, and then he went to New York, and he had trouble. Uh, he had injury. Uh, he got shelled a little bit. Uh, it, it wasn't great for him, but there's still this belief that he can be like uh, an elite starter. Got picked up by the Mariners in free agency yeah. this year, uh, and we haven't seen him yet in uh, what do you call it? in spring training? Spring training. Games. So yeah. uh, the the reason for that they were they were kind of. Like, not releasing it, but uh, I just read yesterday that it, it seems to be because of a visa issue. He's Canadian. Uh, so he was throwing sort of the, the B games on the backfield mm-hmm. during spring training, but he couldn't be involved in anything that was, like, tied to gate revenue for the spring mm-hmm. training games. So, yeah. uh, and everyone's saying, you know, he's in the best shape of his life. He developed a new pitch grip. Like, he, all, of, all of the spring training stuff for him. Uh, you know, they, yeah. they say that he's, like, out of the tick or two to his fastball, so... Uh, I think there's there's a lot of mystique, a lot of mystery that I'm excited about. Uh, can't wait to see him because because they've been insisting that he's going to start one of the first three games for the Mariners this year. Uh, and if it is indeed just like visa stuff, like that's that's great to hear. Uh, there was a lot of worry that mm-hmm. it was like because of um, you know something that could affect his game. But yeah, uh, that's what I'm really excited to okay. see. Is uh, I think he's slated to pitch in a spring training game coming up soon. Uh, mm-hmm. Confirm that, but. Uh, that would be really exciting. This is some big, big maple action. Big maple. All right, yeah. back in uh, uh, back in Seattle. Yeah. Also, Julio Rodriguez um, is mm-hmm. a big boy, but he's really fast. That, cool. That was, that was his quote recently. <laughs> Lovely. In English, I hope. No, no, in in Spanish. Oh no. Unfortunately. Oh no. Or fortunately. I'd, I'd, I, I, yeah, I'd say fortunately. Yeah. <laughs> Cue the reactions from all the CEOs in baseball. Uh, all right. Uh, Phillies, um, I think two things. Uh, the bullpen is amazing now. All of a sudden, we have a bunch of hard throwers. They're not giving up a bunch of runs, which is, as we said, in spring training, only the good things count. So let's, uh, let's talk about that. Um, Jose Alvarado, he is looking like an absolute steal. They picked him up from the from the race and he's just like he has future closer written all over him he's throwing nine like 100 mile an hour turbo sinkers uh turbo he, sinkers yeah that's there because they're 100 miles an hour and they just like they just drop away you put a little rocket on the back of the, of the ball and then yeah exactly yeah that's that's what he does but then without the rocket mm-hmm. um so he's looking very good sam coonrod uh also touching 100 um Bunch of other dudes. It's it's all looking great in the bullpen. So I feel like that's like something that has definitely improved compared to last year. So looking forward to how they keep up. And then center field is one other thing that's going on right now. Um, so when spring training started, like the front runners for the center field job were probably Hazley, Kingery, and Quinn. Hazley's gotten injured. Quinn's not looking good, and Kingery's just been dreadful he 
he struck out i think about in about 15 percent 50 of his at bats he has struck out for right now and he's not a natural center fielder as well so he's not got that defensive edge over the other guys so what happened was at a certain point uh, he who will not be named started making a name for himself uh he he's, he's hit a couple of spring homers so he's probably He's probably going to be, unfortunately, the opening day center fielder for the Philadelphia Phillies. And I, I think like, yeah, the Phillies have brought this on themselves because they invited him to spring training. And now they're, they're acting like we can't really go, like, do anything else except play him in center field. They obviously have another choice to make, but I feel like they just, they're, they're paying him a lot of money this year. It's the final year of his contract. I feel like they're just like, okay, we kind of need something back for the money we invested in him. Um, so he's probably going to be the opening day center fielder for the Philadelphia. I feel like uh, Mickey Moniak had a ver- had a much better spring than him, mm-hmm. um, but they want to either they're they're preferring to like get some extra value out of Odubel Herrera or Scott Kingery, who they also gave a big contract to, or they want to give Mickey Moniak like a set amount of playing time so like he will play every day and then they feel like he'll get more of a shot at this when he plays in AAA instead of with Philly so I would have loved to have seen Mickey Moniak in center field when starting um, yeah we're Barney you raised a good point there um, in theory I can say his name and we can we can beep his name the one who will not be named uh, I just don't want to do it anymore <laughs> that's that's the thing. Uh, um, so I guess that's the storyline for the Phillies, basically. Timestamp it. Forty-five minutes. Forty-five minutes. Okay. Stamp. <laughs> um. All right. Got Trevor uh, to talk about. Yeah, we also have Trevor Bauer. Who there was a little bit of a, a thing going on there, where he pitched with a belt that had the Bauer logo on it. It was barely visible, Um, but he got a warning from MLB because of it, because you can't promote your own brand or any other brands, I guess, that are not affiliated to the MLB on your uniform. The uniform is like a thing that's only for the MLB, the teams, or like, I guess the manufacturers of their clothes to yeah brand yeah they have exclusive deals yeah so he got a he got a he got a basically a telling off from the mlb like a tapped on his fingers like don't do that again you're not allowed to do that stop it please but that's like his thing uh yeah trevor i feel like he got a lot more like i don't think anyone would like trevor bauer if he weren't also like a cy Cy young winning pitcher yeah Uh, yeah and that's that's the thing is like he's yeah. really good at uh, generating talk, clout for for non baseball related things. Yeah, exactly. I mean, his logo is cool. His cleats yeah. last year were cool. That's uh, I mean, yeah, like and and his, his, his undershirts as well, like send it, send it shirt when he yeah. threw the ball over center field wall in in Kauffman Stadium. Uh, incredible. It's great stuff. Um, yeah, I think I, I can understand MLB's perspective on it. They have a very strict um, vision on how it works. And when somebody like 
does something that goes against the regulations, like, okay, yeah, you can give them a warning. On the other hand, they also told Trevor Bauer, like, we want players to market themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I can also understand Trevor Bauer's position from this. Like, okay, you want us to market ourselves, but you don't want us to, like, do things on our uniform. Where instead of, like, in the MLB, or uh, sorry, in the NBA, where that's, I don't know a lot about the NBA, but I like from his video that he made on it, like he's, he's talked about it, like they have a lot more opportunity to market themselves, the players there, um, as opposed to the MLB players, even though there's a lot of really fun players in the MLB right now. Yeah, I, I think this is marketable. like, this is another page in the saga of like the MLB being its own worst enemy in terms of like, like money uh, and sort of contractual agreements kind of playing against making the league exciting and fun to watch yeah yeah uh, and this this might be something that we see come up when they renegotiate the cba yeah yep all right i hope it is uh because yeah. i i would like to see um more players like i, I want to see tatis wearing his tatis glasses yeah exactly yeah i think like we're going to do a lot of cba talk this year yeah yeah i feel like we're going to be a very much a um uh, a labor podcast <laughs> so uh are we going to turn this into a labor pod? I'll turn this into a labor pod with you. Yeah, let's do it. Because I feel like, yeah, we there we do have, we do, I think we we are very much on the player side. Oh, It's always. millionaires against billionaires. But there's a very big difference between a millionaire and a billionaire. Yeah. So we should side with a millionaire. Only one of those right. deserves a guillotine. <laughs> exactly. Well. The bourgeoisie. Dang it. All right. Um, uh, we'll take a short break. And when we come back, we'll do some trivia and we'll talk about some of the new rules that MLB is testing. So stick around for that. Welcome back to Baseball Banter. Uh, we're going to start our trivia in the middle of our show, as we do every time. I was going to say, I was going to say every week, but we don't record every week. So we record every really sometimes. We, <laughs> so every sometimes. We I like that record. you narrated that we're in the middle of the episode right now. I guess we kind of are. I, I know. Mm-hmm. I, I like that you pointed it out because we are in I mean, the middle of it. Yeah. So my trivia is about how hard batters hit baseballs. Basically, how, they, how hard they can murder baseballs. All right. All so right. we 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 talked about um, John Carlos Stanton's 120 miles per hour uh, hit the other day in spring training. Mm-hmm. So what I did is I went and looked basically from 2008. Um, it could be less years, because I don't know how from from all these years how how many uh, of of whether Baseball Savant collects data on all these years. Let's just say it like that. But since two thousand eight, basically, here's my question, you guys: How many times has a hitter hit a ball over one hundred and twenty miles per hour? How many times since two thousand and eight? Hmm. I think it's more likely that it's since twenty fifteen. So maybe let's do that. Since 2015. How many times does a batter hit a home run over how many miles an hour? Or just, just, just a batted a ball. It can be a line drive. Just a batted ball. It can okay. be a line drive. Yeah, exactly. All right. 120 right. miles an hour. How many times? Less than so, 10. So I'm going to give Nelson Cruz like two of them. I'll give Aaron Judge like two of them. Give the rest of the league like two of them. Six. Six to eight. Six to eight. I'm, okay. I'm, going, with, uh, I'm going with less, I think. I'm going with five. Okay, so it's actually 10. Oh, boy. So 10 times a ball in regular season play. So yeah. we're not counting the one that Stan hit in spring training. Mm-hmm. Um, can you guess the players? 
I already did. Yeah, you, you did. You had Nelson Cruz, mm-hmm. Judge. Yeah, Aaron Judge. I guess John Carlos Stanton, probably. Stanton, yeah. Um, has Vladimir Guerrero Jr. hit one yet? No. Dang it. All right, so I'll just I'll give you that um, there's three players on this list. Only three players have done it. How many oh of them have we already named? You've named two of them. So Judge and Stanton. Mm-hmm. But there's a third guy, and he hit one in... 2018, he hit a ball at 121 oh. miles an hour. I mean, we're off we of Marco Gonzalez. I we haven't see. we haven't said Mike <laughs> so, Trout yet. It's not Mike Trout. Dang it! <laughs> but the answer is always Mike Trout. Unfortunately, not this. Except time. when it's Mariano Rivera. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, if you need a hint, 2018, you said right. It's in 2018. Yeah, it was hit off of Marco Gonzalez. Uh, Chapman from the A's? No. You guys want to hit? Yeah, hint us. All right, so it's it's he's actually, uh, I guess what would be the funnest hint to give? He's a Yankee. So he's, uh, the other two are also Yankees, but he's also a Yankee. So. Sanchez? Yeah, Gary Sanchez. I, I was going <laughs> to... I wanted to guess Gary Sanchez, but I was like, I can't just name three Yankees. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so out of those ten, um, out of those ten hits, out of those ten balls, how many do you think ended up in a hit? Ooh, um, I'm going with five. I'm just gonna go half of them. Nah, I'm going two, three, three, go three, nine. Oh my what? god! Nine of them ended up in a hit. The only one that wasn't a hit was Gary Sanchez line out to left fielder Denard Span. That's so that's got, one hell of a babip. Yeah. Another interesting thing is that it's either single or a homer. Yeah, <laughs> so that, like it, it that gets checks to out. the outfielder so fast. So fast, yeah, that's <laughs> the thing. So we have Aaron Judge in 2017, he hit a homer on the line drive to left field. That's what it says here. God damn. <laughs> Then you have Stanton single, Stanton single, Stanton single, Stanton single, Stanton single, and then he has only homered twice on those on two of the on those things. So once in 2020 off of Eric Fetty, I don't know if that's the name, and then once off of Ariel Jurado on the line drive to left center field both times. Oh boy! All right. So that's my that's my trivia. Nice. I like it. Yeah, it's good trivia. All right. Thanks. Uh, I've got. Kind of a two-parter, as I tend to do. Um, so my original question was, what's the most number of innings a pitcher has pitched in a season while maintaining over 50% strikeout percentage? Oof. So strikeout, more than half of the batters, most possible innings pitched. Uh, I, I guess it has to be like a reliever, no? Yeah. It's a reliever. Is it like someone we know? Is it a current reliever? Like he's in the game the The top... The top two are people you should absolutely know. All right. I guess um, Chapman? Mo. Mariano no, Rivera Mo didn't strike not... out a lot of guys. He didn't strike Mariano out a lot Rivera of guys. is not. Yeah, that's right. Chapman... He broke bats. Yeah, exactly. Chapman is number two on the list, but he's not number okay. one. Is he also he's still active today? Number yeah. one. At least I think so. Can you give us the numbers, maybe? The numbers of innings? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Number one on the list has 62.2 innings pitched. And that's like single season then? Single season. Okay. 
An ERA plus of 399. Oh, um... <laughs> uh... Blake No. No. The year was 2012. Oh, shit. Uh... Is it Craig Krimble, then? It is. Oh, yeah. His age 24 season, he struck out 50.2% of the batters. Uh, allowed Dang. an OPS plus of 1. So, would 100 being average... With 100 being average. Um, his fielding, I hate the Braves. His fielding independent pitching that year was .78. Oh, um, but there is an interesting thing about fielding independent pitching. Uh, with So there are only three guys who have done it over a full season, which is Craig Kimbrell in 2012, Aroldis Chapman pitched 54 innings, striking out 52.5% of hitters in 2014, uh, and Devin Williams struck out 53% of hitters over 27 innings last year. Yeah. That was this year. Oh, yeah. Um, but the guy just below that, only Francisco Rodriguez in 2002, only pitched 5.2 innings. But he struck out 61.9% of hitters oh. for a fielding independent pitching of negative 0.04. Well, you could have a <laughs> negative fifth? Dang. There's... Uh, yeah, there's a guy on this list who has a negative 2.42 over two innings pitched. Who is that? Um, sign that guy. Someone sign that guy. <laughs> Gary Hanna's in 1978. He pitched okay, two don't total sign innings. Him. I don't think you want him <laughs> on your team today. Yeah, uh, his um, it's weird because his ERA was nine. But then he all, he probably struck out a bunch of dudes then, and he never gave up a home run or something. He didn't. Yeah, no, he didn't allow a home run. He struck out five hitters, uh, but he did allow two earned runs over his two innings. Yeah, but I think that's the thing with FIP because it only looks yeah. like a thing you can actually influence as a pitcher. It's just walks, hits, and home runs, and yeah, um, yeah. All right. So the other side of the equation was like, all right. So, what's the longest a batter has been able to take striking out in at least half of their uh, at bats, <laughs> not plate appearances, at bats. It's got to be Chris Davis. Uh, it's not, actually. Okay. <laughs> At least half, and Chris Davis didn't do that. This is over a season. Which Chris Davis? Definitely yes. the one with CH. <laughs> okay, well, can you repeat that last part again, Ollie? Yeah, so it's over a full season. Most mm -hmm. plate appearances with less than two at-bats per strikeout. So striking out over half of their at-bats. Most plate in the single season? Yep. Okay, the I'm leader ask the same... The same the, questions. Are they like current players, and do we like do we know them? Yes. Uh, know them probably not. Number one okay. on the list uh, did this in 2019, playing for three different teams. Oh, Ooh, that's a good that's a good hint. That is. Yep. I wonder why they got shifted around. <laughs> are, you, are you sure there there are three different teams and not like yes. one of the lines is in total? Uh, it says total, but they played for three different teams racking up this feat. So this is their total wow. stats over the year. What? But during the season, they played for three separate teams. When does the guy... In 2019, which, which guy played for three different teams in 2019? Is it, it, was a, it was an outfielder or something? Or? Um, be a damn good fielder. Yeah. He plays center field. Is it Pilar? No. No. I feel like Cameron Mabin, maybe, or something? No. No. One of the teams he played for is the New York Mets. Seems very Metsy. Um, what Cespedes? No, not Cespedes. No. 
He also played for Late. Baltimore. Hmm. And now the real hint, because now Barney's going to get it. He also played for the Mariners. <laughs> center fielder. Who was their center fielder in 2019? Their team was for the so Ma- terrible, and that was when I wasn't and they traded, in baseball. And they traded for the Mariners. Uh, for the Mariners, he played uh, all three of the outfield spots. Uh, okay. Was was it Malik Smith? It was not. Because he, he used to be on the Mets, right? No, he's yeah. on the Mets now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, his uh, current, he's currently on a minor league deal for the Milwaukee Brewers. Oh, uh, oh, uh, Ben Gamble. Uh, sorry, not sorry, not Milwaukee Brewers. Why does he have a Brewers hat on? Anyways, uh, it's for the Minnesota Twins. My bad. Oh, well then it's not Ben Gamble. It's not Ben Gamble. Because he's. Uh. He's currently with the Twins as a currently with the Twins. He's he at spring training. Played for three teams in 2019. And he was really bad at the plate. Then, he's got a 1,000 OPS in uh, spring training so far. Wasn't D Strange Gordon because he's now with the Reds? No. Uh, I feel like I'm getting. Did we talk about him in our pre? I don't think so. We never discussed the minor leaguers that they, or like the minor league contracts that they give out. No. Uh, all right. I, I I don't know. Yeah. Go I, ahead. I can give up. I give up too. All right, it's Keon Broxton. Oh. Okay, so he's one of those Is guys that... I see every now and then. <laughs> yeah. But never, never sticks in my mind, and now yeah. I know why. Because yeah. he strikes yeah. out a bunch. <laughs> now he should. Now he should. Uh, yeah. Like, we're never he put together two hundred and twenty-eight plate appearances. Um. Oh, uh. Yeah. So two hundred and twenty-eight plate appearances, and he struck out a hundred and four times. So he ended the season with the Mariners in twenty nineteen. Yep. Um, so that's when. The, so that that was when they were just like looking to acquire like warm bodies. Yeah. They just need numbers to finish the season. <laughs> numbers two through five, I don't know who they are, and number six is Joey Gallo in 2015. Joey Gallo. I love it when Rangers don't succeed. And also, <laughs> and also, like half of this list is uh, starters. Is what is starters in the National League? Oh, okay. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, that does check out. So, like, Nolan Ryan's in this list. 99 plate appearances, struck out oh, exactly half of them. That would be a fun stat. What's Nolan Ryan's most embarrassing stat? Yeah, Madison Bumgartner's number 35 in 2016. Yeah, he also smacked a lot of homers. Yeah. Over his career, so he's fine. Yeah. All right. Good stat. Good trivia. All right, Barney, now you have to, like, give us a, a smooth ending to this, this segment. Yeah, here Absolutely. we go, Barnes. I think he will. I would like you to think about a few things. <laughs> all right. That's all I do. I write sins, not tragedies. Yeah. By Panic at the Disco. Over my head, parenthesis cable car, by the fray. Riding by Chamillionaire. <laughs> I have. Hips Don't Lie by Shakira. And of course, Bad Day by Daniel Powder. Okay. These were all I've good never things. Thought... I've never thought about those things in unison, so... You, you may have thought about them in unison uh, if you were paying attention to the Billboard charts in the year 2006. Okay. okay. Potentially, yes. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, what a great year that was. It was. In 2006, Albert Pujols had 49 home runs. It was his age 26 season. Okay. Uh, that made him... Uh, that season was tied for the 47th 
best single season home run uh, or single home run season of any player of all time. So he had 49 homers and he was also 49th on the list. No, he was 47th. No, uh, 47th. Dang it. Yeah. This isn't about those numbers. Well, it's kind of about the number 49. Uh, All right. Over the, the history of Major League Baseball, 774 teams as a team have failed to hit 49 home runs in a season. Come on. Oh, God. That's not true. That is true. That cannot be true. Come on. Tuan, the dead ball era was a thing. Yeah, okay. The overwhelming majority of those seem to happen during the 1800s. Okay. Man, I wonder why. On the polo grounds where you just couldn't hit a home run. Exactly. (laughs) Um, Okay. So the reason I chose that number is because 49 is the lowest home run total that I've found for a team who played a 162-game season. That was the Houston Astros in 1979. They were the worst home run hitting team in a full, by today's standards, season. Yeah. Ha! All right. Karma. As a matter of comparison, the 2020 season just happened. And people had some opinions about the home runs in that season. But in that 60-game season, the lowest home run total for a team was 51. Oh, boy. (laughs) How bad were the Astros? (laughs) So the Astros, over 162 games... Only hit 49. Fewer than one home run every three games. Absolutely incomprehensible by today's standards. That's painful. That was after the mile was put back, right? And, or yeah. Yeah, that, yeah that, that, was, that was after the Jesus Houston Christ. rules. Oh, my God. Uh, All right. Since the integration era, so since 1947, uh, what do you guys think is the lowest number of home runs by a team across the season? Lowest number of home runs since the integration era? By a team. Oh. There's got to be one team that was just atrocious and hit like 20 total homers. Yeah, yeah I feel like you... this team ended up being coached by the greatest hitter of all time. Ooh. Ended up? <laughs> they weren't before. Yeah, that's why they hired him. <laughs> they were in dire need. <laughs> yeah. Is it? Is it like... Okay. I mean, the guy you're talking about is Ted Williams, but I don't know who he coached. Is it Red Sox? Did he coach the Red Sox? No, he played. He for played the Red for Sox. the Red Sox. He just played for them. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I I'm gonna say, fifteen is the number. I'm I'm going with, I'm going a little higher. I'm saying twenty. All right. So it it was thirty one home runs okay. by the nineteen forty eight Washington Senators. Ha! Yikes! Silly. Uh that's not the lowest number of home runs by a team all time. Uh, I'm going to guess that's zero. Tuan, how many home runs do you think is the lowest a team has hit all time? Two. Two? Yeah. Ollie, you're going for zero? I'm going for zero. I'm going to say there is a team in the 1800s somewhere that didn't hit a home run. Fifteen. What? Is the number of teams that have had a season with zero (laughs) home runs. (laughs) What? (laughs) Fifteen teams have never... Fifteen entire seasons have happened without a team... Hitting a ball over a fence. The game must have been so <laughs> unexciting. Those were all in the 1800s. Oh, yeah, that boy. that checks out. This I, do was... me- I do recall that it was like not you were not supposed to hit a home run if you well, did it like back in the day before Babe Ruth came around. It just was not done. Yeah, it was also like 1800s is also before overhand pitching and before the pitcher was supposed to try and get batters out. Like oh, it's just not the same sport. 
No. You, batters were allowed to ask for a high ball or a low ball. It's just bonkers. Yeah. Uh, so, since 1900, no team has ever gone an entire season without hitting a home run. Uh, but I will say, just for for comparison, this this was, you know, once pitchers, when we were playing arguably the same sport. Uh, 1918 was the lowest total for a team since 1900. Uh, when the Chicago White Sox hit three home runs as a team. <laughs> Boy. <laughs> oh, no. Just so. no to all. Teams are a lot better now at putting balls over fences. I think in the 1800s, it was also still an out if they caught it after one bounce. So that might explain why they don't hit it up. Oh my god, yeah. (laughs) That was a rule. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, old baseball's weird. Maybe we'll talk about that someday. Yeah, definitely. Maybe we should play that someday. Just like try and play a game of old baseball rules. Oh my god, in our bananas jerseys. Yes. All right. Oh, we'll get to that later. Anyway, yeah, that's yeah. that's my set of just pretty sad stats. That's quite bum. Pretty, uh, pretty so sad stats. If, I if feel like played, that's a segment now. Sad stats for the funny. 1979 Houston Astros. I'm I'm sorry, but maybe maybe your defense was good. Your on base percentage. I didn't check that. I feel or, like that's like being sorry for Astros. Isn't a thing we do here a lot. No, but that was so, that was well that was, before. But that was pretty bad. That they were in the National League back then. I mean, they were in the National League in, like, 2014. But. Yeah, but still. Okay. All right. This has been uh, Sad Stats with Barney. <laughs> yeah, That's Sad what I got. Stats with Barney. <laughs> I would say get better, but teams clearly have gotten better at touching all that. <laughs> That's true. All oh, right, uh, who do you guys think was the team in uh, 2021? Or, sorry, in 2020 with the fewest home runs? I'll give you a hint. The number ooh. was 50. This isn't a real hint. The number was 51. 51 uh, home runs. Yeah. I... Thing. Was it, it the Baltimore is... Orioles? No. Yeah, that was where my mind was All right, I'll give you a, a real hint. Um, it's a team that's associated with the best power hitter of the millennium. Of the millennium? This of millennium? millennium? Of this millennium. Previous one. That, so, like, the Giants? Oh, I forgot about him. Sorry. <laughs> okay. The, uh, what? The, 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 best, second no. best... the best non-cheating power hitter of the millennium. The... Oh, okay. That that's kind of more difficult. That narrows it down. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the Cardinals. Um, it's the Cardinals. I was gonna say yeah. I also started off this stat with uh, yeah, I, I, a player yeah. who was playing on that. I was that like, team. okay, it's gotta be Pools then. All yeah. right, fifty-one. Yeah, they made it to the postseason. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, and uh, yeah, super impressed that in two thousand and six, a twenty-six-year-old Albert Pujols hit two home runs fewer than the twenty twenty Cardinals did. My God. Beautiful. Oh, All right. man. Um, yeah, great stuff, Barney. Thank you. All right. Um, okay, so uh, the next thing that we wanted to talk about today is the fact that MLB has uh, announced that they are going to be testing some rules the upcoming season in the minor leagues. Um, I think our, our rule expert here is Ollie on this podcast. Am I right in saying that, Barney? Yeah. Ollie is the Probably. rule expert. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so okay so i guess like ollie you can like take charge in this segment maybe and just like walk us to what they are trying to do and maybe just say like okay why this affects this or why they might have enforced this these kind of rules yeah um so the first thing that they're trying is in AAA, the sizes of the bases are just going to be increased by three inches uh on okay. each side 
And so um, what I was wondering is why? Why would you make the base bigger? There's a lot um, of reasons. There are plenty uh, there, of things that it'll also, change. Also, uh, the, the thing that isn't mentioned here in our document is they're also changing the material that the bags are made out of. Uh, so mm. they have like a, like a rougher or a, a less slippery surface. Which kind of so gets then, to the first reason for the rule. Then what they're trying to do is they're trying to make it so that fancier slides are possible. Okay. So like, if you have the base be a little bit wider and you also make it less slippery, then you can just slide past the base and like grip it with the tips of your fingers. Like that's one of the things. The, the uh, also... that I heard there was also preventing injury in first base. Mm. Yeah, that too. Like a lot of people roll their ankles on first base. Uh, there's like foot on foot collisions, which end up like being really bad. So this is their alternative to a safety base? Yeah. Yeah. All right. That, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, okay. The other thing that I thought of was that it'll make um, base distances four and a half inches shorter. Do you think it will have an impact on how many steals are then? Because I don't, I don't think it's no. that big of a difference when you're stealing a base. Am I right it's, in saying that? It's a little bit. Like, can, every little can, thing will count. Yeah, it can make the difference. Fra fractions, of a uh, fractions of a second are absolutely things that get counted when stealing a base. Like... If you think that third base coaches aren't sitting there with a stopwatch, they go, all right, it takes this many seconds for my guy to steal the base. This catcher's pop time is that much. It takes this long for the ball to get there from the pitcher. Like, they have all of that data, and they're just going to add it up and go, all right, this gives us a this much percent chance to steal a base. And okay. if that amount is less than 70%, then they don't go for it. Yeah, I mean, and they can make fancier slides. When, when the players are standing yeah. there, they're like, he has a whatever percent chance of stealing this base right now. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and 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 with them being able to make fancier slides, have a bit larger surface to be safe on the base. Yeah, I guess that might encourage them to steal the bases. Yeah, so, there are a few other yeah. rules here that are for stealing bases. Yeah, so just to touch on the base size thing, one more thing. I've seen a lot of people say that that might make it so that there's more infield hits. Uh, I don't know if that actually checks out because the first baseman will also be three inches closer to the ball that's coming toward him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so I like I, I don't know exactly how the, the math works out on that, but there's also a uh, the, math work, the math works out in favor of the hitter still because they are traveling those three inches at a slower speed mm -hmm. than the ball will be. Yeah. So like they still come out ahead there, but like there is some balance. I yeah, I'm not sure that that's significant enough to change a whole bunch. Especially yeah, I, with like the way launch angles have been going. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll we'll see. But I mean, like maybe it makes a one percent change. What do you guys think about this overall, though? Definitely yeah, not against yeah. it. Like, no, it won't change the game fundamentally, and it'll just make it so there's a little extra room on the base. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that this is the least egregious, uh, for better or worse, of the rules. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely. Like, what they really need to do is they need to make the base six feet across, like, diagonally, so that first baseman and the runner can do social distancing. But, like... Mm -hmm. First baseman then has to have both feet on the bag. The yeah, bag I feel like six... <laughs> it's like six feet bags is going to be a kind of... Like, it's just a, lot, a lot more white in the, in the diamond then. It's gonna and, be and they're of... actual bags now. They, they're just big, yeah, lap exactly. sacks. Yeah, they're exactly. filled with potatoes. Yeah, <laughs> runners, no runners, no bags. longer run through yeah. first. They just run into it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, beautiful. That might be right. for next year. Yeah. Yeah. Gonna test those. All right. 
Uh, next thing on the list, in AA, um, teams will be required to position four of their players in the infield. Uh, the players will have to have both their feet in front of the outer boundary of the infield dirt. Um, and that just, that's an interesting shift proposal. That's not one that I've seen yet. Um, like it's most of the time, yeah, no, go ahead. Most of it is like two infielders on each side of second base, which is, I think even more restrictive than this, because then you would have to have two players on the infield on each side of second base. Yeah. And they might Whereas, experiment with that in the second half of the season. I think. Yeah. Whereas now they're just saying, all right, you can't have four outfielders anymore. Like, that's the real difference. So the uh, the reason that I've seen this be advocated for is that it's way easier to enforce. Uh, yeah. And the, the logic that I saw for that uh, specifically was that you're never going to have a player who's starting a pitch running backwards into the outfield. Whereas uh, if, if there's a requirement for, like, players, like, a certain number of players being on each side of the base you'll get a situation where a player is like moving toward uh, the side yeah. that they want to shift to. And like, and then it's a timing thing for the umpires. Yeah. Where they, exactly. they have to like yeah. adjudicate like whether the player had crossed at a certain time, whereas you're never going to have a player running backwards. Yeah. I like, I like this rule and I'm not sure I like the two infielders on each side of second base. Like, I think if you want to put three guys on one side, then that's fine. You just got to keep them close so that, you know, standard base hits are still base hits. I, 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 th I think I agree there. Uh, I feel like if, because uh, the thing you want to avoid is basically the fourth outfielder scenario, I guess, mm -hmm. where you yeah. have like your second baseman seeing all the way deep. I think if you want to put a wall of infielders on one side of the diamond, it's up to the hitter to just put hit the ball the other way or put down a bunt or something, you know? Yeah. I mean, hitting is hard. It's so I know, hard. But these are professional hitters we're talking about. They should be able to like hit the ball the other way no i kind of don't agree with that like these are professional hitters like like the age-old thing is that they still fail 70 percent of the time and this is I like know. making that even harder i know and like requiring something that's very difficult to do is made hard like I, i'm kind of anti-shift um, well me, me too i think position players should just play their position but if you're i feel like this is yeah I, I do agree with the logic that this is way easier to adjudicate, and I think they've said yeah. that they're gonna like maybe switch halfway through the season to trying the other way, yeah. uh, and maybe yeah. it's not an issue because like no one will actually like try to be on the run or whatever. Yeah, that's the thing. I think it's gonna be very hard to like get the, the to completely ban the shift, but I feel like this is a good solution to like at least get part of it out of the way. Yeah, I, I like what yeah. they're trying. Yeah. All right, okay. uh, then next thing on the list is in high A, pitchers will be required to disengage the rubber before attempting a pickoff throw, which means that they're going to have to step off every time they want to throw a pickoff. And the only reason to do this is um, is to get more steals to happen. Because Such now you're, take, you're, yeah, you're taking away lefty's ability to throw to first base as well. Uh, yeah. And you're also um, making it so that there's only one way to throw to second base. Because normally you have two different types of pickoff moves to second base. One is where you start your motion with the leg lift and you just pivot. But now you're going to have to step off backwards and turn the other way. Like that'll yeah. be the only way, only legal way to do it. So that'll be interesting. I'm not sure. I'm fine with it. This is the one I'm most excited about. Yeah, yeah. this will be interesting uh, to see what happens. I, I don't know if we've talked about this on pod. Um, but I, I think I've mentioned this to you guys before. The reason that I'm excited about this is that, like, righty pitchers, like, one time a season, 
will make a move to third base. And I can't yeah. wait for that one time a season that a righty pitcher makes a move to third base and they forget about this because this rule like almost yep. exclusively applies to lefties. And yep. the righty's going to forget about it and they're going to balk in a run. <laughs> I'm so excited for the one time that that happens. Yeah. That's going to be that third to first situation again. Like yeah, and 10 years ago, they banned the third to first move. Yeah, exactly. Balked in so many runs. Yeah. Also, I think like what what will what will happen is a lot more tumbles with the what stepping off. I think, what, like when you if you're making a move to third base, you have to like yep. step off and then shift your weight. And I think like pitchers are naturally more athletic because yeah. that's what we feel. But um, I think some of them will we'll see a lot of tumbles. I feel or significantly Maybe. more than we used to. Maybe yeah, we might, we you, might you also see moving their feet instead of not. Yeah. So we might also see more steals of home on a righty pitcher. So any. Yeah. yeah so <laughs> any. Exactly. More steals any of home that aren't as a result of a catcher fuck up. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That'll be an interesting one to see what yeah. what happens with it. Um, as per usual, electronic strike zone. Uh, low A Southeast League is going to have select games use the electronic strike zone. Um. I'm I'm neutral on this, honestly. So thoughts? I'm kind of in a twist here. Because on the one hand, I do like the human element of having umpires. I think that's like in this this relationship building that happens between a catcher and an umpire and the thing that I do I think like on the other hand, it they should call the strikes as as they are. They should be called correctly, you know. And sometimes with, with, with umpires, they are notorious for sometimes like just giving, like slowly a pitcher builds up part of the outside of the plate that just isn't part of the plate anymore. And they still get called strikes because of this relationship that they build with the umpire. And I think that's kind of like, that's just, that goes too far. I feel like there should still be like, a strike should be a strike. So that's what kind of where I'm stuck in between. I like the umpire there, but I do think that there, like, there will strikes. still be an umpire there, and he will still be the person relaying the ball strike call. He'll just have an earpiece in. Yeah. Going to the guy upstairs who has the readout. I hate it. <laughs> and you hate it? Yeah. I think that baseball is, like, fundamentally a pitching game. Yeah. Uh, or at least a, a pitching and hitting game. Like, it's, it's about that duel. And I, I like the fact that that... Um, as you say, changes throughout a game. There's like a rapport that's built up between the catcher and the umpire. Uh, the strike zone might change a little bit, and that's that's like part of the the evolving nature of, of the duel between mm -hmm. pitchers and batters. Uh, I also just don't like the idea that um, Major League Baseball or professional baseball could be playing a different game than everyone else, everywhere else is playing. No, and, I, that's, like, I think yeah. that there's an argument for replay review, but I, like being the same kind of thing but I, I i don't think that that's like as egregious as just like having like the fundamental like unit of the game a pitch like being adjudicated differently in professional ball than it is in what we play or in what little league plays or any of that i i think that like that's a divergence that isn't good i get that all right yeah um having Having a human umpire call the uh, call the balls and strikes also has the upside of in lopsided games just giving strikes so that the game ends. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. I think also we right. spend a lot of time, like as, as people who follow baseball or play baseball, all of that stuff, like complaining about umpires. Like it's kind yeah, of the fun of the game. It, it's fun. It, Talk it, shit about the umpires. What like, we do, we like it's ninety nine percent of what we do on a Sunday afternoon. I've given days. hours of my life to complaining about Joe West. <laughs> and I, I feel like I you're not the only one. Joe West and Angel Hernandez. Those are the two, the exactly. two guys that have received so many complaints in their life. I guess it feeds them. It's what keeps them alive. Yeah. No, I, I think electronic strike zone is like the rule that I'm most against. Okay. All I, right. I just don't like the divergence of the game at different levels of play. All right. All right. Um. Next up is the uh, pitch timer. So in uh, in low A West League, pitchers will be paid placed on a five on a 15 second pitch clock which is faster yeah sorry 15 15 second pitch clock with nobody on base uh which is five seconds faster than what's currently used in double a and in triple a yeah fine um yeah speed up the game fine yeah yeah i like it you can see it when young guys are coming up to the majors they're they're just used to this 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 tempo already of just like okay up pitch and I'm, I have nothing. I have nothing against that. So I'm, I, I'm for the. Um, I'm for the pitch timer in the MLB yeah, already. Same. Like there, there needs to be a 20 second pitch timer. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay. then there are pickoff limits. Uh, throughout low A, pitchers will only be allowed to step off twice per plate appearance. Uh, any subsequent pickoff move must result in an out or it's a balk. I don't like this. This is the other yeah, one no, that I'm, I feel very strongly against. I'm also not a fan. I'm neutral here. Yeah. I, I can I, see both perspectives. It's it's for speeding up the game, but it's for speeding up the game in a way that breaks the pitcher-runner dynamic. Yeah, like, this This means that if you don't succeed on a pickoff on the second attempt, you're you're giving away the base because you can't try to make the out. Exactly. You so can. The, you just have to make the out. Yeah, but, That's but that thing. gives so much advantage to the runner. And, like, maybe there's oh, no the runners that are at a huge disadvantage already and, and, like, that kind of stuff. But, like, that adds, like, a weird... It's very weird, and I don't like it. Yeah, that, that means that a runner has to behave differently depending on how many pickoffs have been thrown. And also, like, what about step-offs for other reasons? Like, that shouldn't affect... Yeah, they... Like, what they if don't a want pitchers stepping your off when you're pitching and you need to step <laughs> off? Like, that shouldn't affect, like, They're... the... The runner dynamic. And also, as an umpire, I don't have another counter there. Like, I don't have an extra wheel to turn for every plate appearance for step-offs. Like, that's not a thing that I have. That that sounds like oh, just a weird thing to have to adjudicate. Mm-hmm. All right. Guys, I got a rule proposal, though. Okay. All right. Imagine you're a bat and you hit a pop fly. And okay. Foul. Okay. And this is it's a magical game in the future where fans are allowed to be present. All right. And a fan catches the ball. Should you be out? <laughs> Does the fan of bananas do think you do? <laughs> well, Savannah bananas do you think you Savannah do? bananas and their proposed rule changes. Oh man, if I can get the screen on my thing, then yes, definitely. Um, <laughs> Because I I completely closed the tab with the rules in it, so I have to find it back. But yeah, um, uh, if you're maybe unaware, explain what the Savannah bananas are first. 
Yeah, while so you're I looking was about for that. to. Yeah, so the the Savannah Bananas are a team in like organized baseball who have a bunch of minor leaguers on their team currently who are who are currently without a team and they're paying them to still be able to play. However, they are very much a fan run team. I feel like they are. I don't know a lot about them. And I think we should preface this that we're going to talk about the Savannah Bananas more in the future. Maybe make some more yeah. content on them because they're, they're so much fun. They are. But no, they um, are. what we want to talk about today specifically is the fact that they have some, um, they call them banana ball rules. Like they don't play baseball, they play banana ball. Yeah. That's basically what, uh, what's going on here. And there's like basically nine rules that they have. Um, and because we were talking about the rule changes that MLB is like currently testing in the minor leagues, we felt like it was appropriate to also talk about the rules that they are already just implementing in their games. So in they the just play league. in the banana league when they're playing banana ball. All right. So we're going to talk about uh, nine um, rules that they have implied in their games. So the first one is that every inning counts. So instead right. of at the end of the game where you count up all the runs that you score and the one the team that scores the most runs after nine innings wins the ball game, they say the team that scores the most run in an inning gets a point. The first team to five points wins the game. The inning is over once the home team takes a lead or three outs are recorded on the home team. All so right. this means that a game is... Uh, like a tennis game. It's like a tennis game. Yeah, it's like a game set... <laughs> Game set match fine. That's that's interesting because new innings still start with your lineup uh, in the place that it was. I, I, yeah, exactly. But that mm. makes it a lot very very interesting, like a much that more strategic does make it game. Um, so basically, like once when they, what they mean, I think what they mean when they say like the inning is over once the home team takes a lead is basically in that when, inning. Yeah, in yeah. that inning. Yeah, it's like every point, inning is is a zero zero. Exactly. Inning. Yeah. I guess that's yeah. that's what they yeah, and then they get a point, and then they go on to the next inning. Yeah, there's also a two-hour time limit, uh, so that's a second right. rule. So no inning will start after the two-hour point. Uh, and that's pretty <laughs> fast, te- actually. That's pretty fast. Uh, that's what I used to play when I was playing in the reserve team back in the Netherlands. Uh, they play it's it's a men's league, but they play at the two-hour time limit. We have three hours in our current league. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but two hours is, is fast. It's very Especially fast. back in the it's day where everybody hits, everyone who's in the lineup hits. So it doesn't matter if you're in the field or if you're on the bench, you hit. So if you have 19 players on your team, everybody hits. So you would get like one or two at-bats a game. Yeah. Uh, so Love it. anyway, um, if a team has not reached five points, the game will go to a showdown tiebreaker. I have no idea what that means, but it sounds a lot of fun. Uh, it's one of the other rules. Okay. Number seven. Good. We'll get there. All right. Yeah. So there's one. Number three is one that relates to something we've already talked about. Is that? Uh, oh no, it, it's not. Sorry. Uh, no stepping out. So a batter cannot step out of the batter box once an at bat starts. So this is an interesting one because this is one of the proposed changes that people talk about for actual MLB. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's already supposed to be there, right? You uh, have to have one it, foot in the in the box. Yeah, one times. foot in the box at all times. But Which here doesn't really do much. Now, here, if you step out of the box at any point, it's a strike on the batter. <laughs> just have to stay put. Even after yeah. hitting a foul ball, you want to hit a walk and walk, look at your bat a little bit, strike. You have to First stay to in the out. box. 
Yeah, exactly. God. Imagine on two strikes, you're like, okay, I have to refocus. I have to take a breather, take a walk, and strike three. Imagine you have a 22 pitch at bat like that. Oh, yeah, and then you strike out on this. You never even shift your <laughs> oh, feet. No. No. God. Um, not rule number four is no bunting. Bunting sucks. I can get say. behind that. I think that that should be a rule in regular baseball. Like, I'm a, not- I am, I've, I'm a notorious uh, bunter in the sense that I'm not... Like I'm not that great of a hitter, so I often punt. So for me, this wouldn't be great. But for the general game, uh, yeah, I can get behind this. Bunting sucks. I do agree. It's kind of like giving an out away. Although on our field, on our field, it nothing's can, free. It can cost mayhem. Yeah, nothing's free. <laughs> I like that. Nothing's free. You have to earn every out. <laughs> um, one of the more fun ones is that batters can steal first. That was a thing in one of the independent leagues for a little bit. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, they tried it out for... It was it was a news article like, oh, a batter has stolen first for the first time yeah. because of this new rule. And then, yeah. if, so if a pass ball or a wild pitch happens, the batter can take off the first. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to just... It's not only on the, on the drop third strike or something. It's just... Yeah, just any time... Which I like because it makes the pitcher and catcher always think about that ball in the dirt. Like, it provides that level of, like, stress, I guess, on the pitcher and catcher that you can't just bury a curveball and be safe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I like it. So, here's another cool one where they basically just took a concept of baseball, the walk, and just made it something completely different. Oh, yeah. So, they just turned, they turned, no walks are allowed. So, let's start with that. Um, and they, they, they've turned it into something else called a sprint. So if a pitcher throws the fourth ball, it becomes a sprint. And the hitter will take off, sprinting to first, while the catcher has to throw the ball around to every defensive player on the field before it becomes live. And Does the that hitter, include the pitcher? Uh, no. Do you mean like every infielder? Yeah. No, every or, defense, no, it says outfield. every defensive player, outfield yeah. too. Oh so not, not catcher or pitcher. So, All right. And the hitter can keep running, can advance to as many bases as he wants. And then as one, once every player has touched the ball, it becomes live. And then it's up to the runner like, to try to go for another base because then he can actually get tagged out. Um, but this brings a whole lot of strategy to, the ga- strategy to the game as well. Like what if, so how do you go about this as a catcher? Do you pelt it to center field to like make sure the outfields get there first? Do you like go around the outfield and then around the outfield and then get it back to the catcher? For if he's gonna go home or something. Yeah, the the outfielders have to sprint in to get. Closer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Less yeah, that they're gonna throw the ball away. Yeah, I, but you can't, I think you can't start running because what if he hits it over you, <laughs> the hitter? See? Uh, I think my strategy is you go left to right field, so you go pelt it to left field, then center, then right, and then just around the horn in the infield in the opposite direction, so you end up at just third like base, following the batter. Oh yeah, yeah that makes or sense. The runner. And like you go, all right, this is going to be at most a double. Yeah, and if you're close and to if, each other, um, you don't have to catch and throw. You can just like, yeah, push it. And if the you, um, you just need to touch it, so you just and you can even say like, all right, the first baseman gets to choose, or the second baseman gets to choose. Like you go first to second, and then shortstop's on the base at second base. Exactly. So the second baseman has the choice between throw into second or throw into third, depending on where the runner is. I love this. What happens when there's so runners fun. on base with this? Oh, you're so fucked. That's what happens. What do you do as a runner? Because it's not my goal. You go. What? 
you said it's not a live ball until uh, until it's touched every fielder. So yeah, what do you I do think, if you're a runner who's and, and on second me, base? Or indeed, if you're the runner who walks, do you run up until you're right behind the runner who's on second base who's ready oh, to God. start running when the ball becomes live? I, th- I think what they mean oh. with live is just like that you cannot be tagged out, but maybe you're right. Maybe it's actually like... Or if there's a yeah, runner what? first, what do you do? What? What do you do? Yeah. I... We should we should figure this out before that part. Right down in the comments. Play? Oh, <laughs> if there's a runner on first base, can there be a double play on a walk? I have no idea. Because the would... runner on first wouldn't take off yet. All right. So I would guess next... that all the runners also get to go at the same time as the batter does. Yeah, I guess. Oh my god, that that's a br- walks are brutal. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Just oh my god. All right. Uh... All right, we should have to figure this out before the next podcast. Yeah. We, like, we, have to, we have to talk more bananas. Oh, my God. I love banana ball. We're not even Great through all stuff. the rules. No, there's yeah. three more to go. Uh, here we have the one-on-one showdown tiebreaker. So yeah. that's what happens when, what, after, the, after two hours are up? Nobody's yeah. got, like, five points yet? Mm-hmm. So what happens is, like, each team picks one pitcher and one hitter to face off. And then the defensive team only has the pitcher and the catcher on the field. And all other fielders are off the field. And if the, if a hitter puts the ball in play, he has to score and make it home to get a point. And if oh my God, if the ball is put in play, the pitcher is allowed to chase the ball and throw the ball to the catcher for the play <laughs> at the plate. Who do you put in? Oh my God! Do you put in your best you... hitter? Because often, like the 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 good power hitters are like chunky boys. Yeah, exactly. Like, you, I think you... you put in a speedster like. The ideal person in this scenario is Ichiro. Prime Ichiro. Yeah, yeah. that's that's the ideal hitter. Also, yeah, because you get your whoever best, your speediest you, pitcher is. But that's do it. you want your speediest pitcher? Or do you want your your pitcher who's going to hardest get the throwing out? or your hardest throwing pitcher? Uh, so he doesn't have to get the out. He just has to prevent him from scoring. Like yeah. that's the thing. He has to not walk him and prevent him from scoring. So, I although I think any ball to the outfield is like a done deal if you have a fast hitter. Yeah, but it's got to be yeah. so exciting to watch. But also, like, if, if you just... put in a pitcher who's like, who you're like trying to get a fast runner and stuff, like that's not necessarily a pitcher who's not going to get shelled by the hitter. No, exactly. Like, yeah, that's, or you that's get, a yeah. Tough so choice. you have to, you have to be like, or oh, do I try to strike him out, or do I, yeah, exactly. Do I put someone in that I know can make the out? Yeah, and mm. yeah, it's it's a tough choice on both ends. Yeah. So what if CC Sabathia is pitching, for example? And he yeah. like you, you hit you hit a slow dribbler, but it just keeps rolling to, to the left field wall, and he's just like <laughs> chucking it. But you got God, the, yeah. the guy who's running is Albert Pujols, so it's oh. this beautiful mess of like heavy players that are just like chucking it, and then you got yeah, where you never it. expected the situation to get where it was. Oh, yeah, exactly. So <laughs> oh, this is be- this is a beautiful thing. Can you- if a pitcher strikes him out or gets him out before scoring, he doesn't get a point. Makes sense. Yeah. And if the batter walks, he can take second base and the hitting team will bring another hitter to the plate. So you could also just like be like, okay, I'm gonna put I'm try I'm gonna try and put someone on uh second base first so I get my best like uh my uh my best the hitter with the best eye to get a walk. Yeah. Put him on second base. Or just a guy who can foul off the ball. Yeah. No, that's not what you want, because then you're out. Oh, we'll yeah. Because that. Oh, we'll get back to that rule. Fans catch. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Oh, no. 
So the first team to reach five points wins. And if the score is tied, the first team to keep the other team from scoring wins. So there's no like, un, like there's no like uh, infinity ball, basically. There has to be a winner at the end of the game, which I like. All right. Uh, no mound visits allowed. Yeah. Sure. Hype your pitcher yeah. up from afar if needed. Okay. <laughs> I can get I can get behind that. And then finally, if a fan catches a foul ball, it's an out. Why not let the fans get in on some of the action? So basically, yeah, it brings so like these rules bring so much more fun to the game. It makes it a different game. It, yeah, that's the thing. Sure. It's banana but, like, ball, but it's but still I'm in, it's, it's so in fun. essence. But in essence, it's still a pitcher throwing to a batter. Like the, the general rules, like I think the core of someone, like the core of baseball, is still there. Same rules, oh, yeah. same base assistance. It's just like different using different usage for the for the game. I mean, yeah. it's it's like how softball is a different game. Not to compare this to softball, but like they're different games, but they're the same game. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anyways, like these are this team is probably going to be our like our our podcast team. We all have our own teams, but we probably as a podcast will support Savannah Bananas from now on. Uh, oh, for sure. We're gonna keep you guys posted on what happens with them, and it's gonna be a lot we'll of get fun. Get ourselves some Savannah Banana Bandanas. <laughs> so good. Oh boy. oh boy, I ate a banana during trivia break. I saw that. Yeah, just get in the mood. <laughs> I also have a waffle here. I didn't eat it yet. All right. Uh, speaking of waffles, <laughs> I have nothing on waffles to say, but uh, <laughs> I'm just trying, trying to make a segue. Um, yeah. To our, my game, I guess. All right. So the, the rules of, of Twan's game, let's call Twan's game, is basically that um, I have here five baseball players who have all played for several teams. And right. um, I'm going to tell the player to Ollie and Barney, and then I'm going to say how many uh, teams that the player played for, and then both can bet on how many they, they will be able to get right. So I will ask Barney, do you, do you, can you say one team? And Barney will say yes. And then I ask Ollie, can you say two teams? And then uh, Ollie will say yes. Oh, wow. Overestimating our abilities. For example. Yeah, hey, you're going to ask I, Barney, can you name one team? And I'm going to say, no, who's that? No, who is, who is this guy? Who, who do is they his play for? Warm body. Who is this warm body? Um, if Barney says, I can name two teams, uh, and he names the two teams, he will get two points. Mm-hmm. Um, if uh, Barney is unable to name two teams. When? All... When Barney <laughs> when, is unable to name two when teams. Barney is unable to name two teams, the turn goes to Ollie, mm-hmm. and if Ollie can name two teams, he can he gets the points. Um, All right, you you're not allowed to make a mistake, so you can't guess. But you can guess, but if you get if you guess wrrong, the turn goes to the other player. Or you I guess all thirty teams. You can't do that. <laughs> it's, it's in the rules. This is not banana ball. This is a serious game. This is, this is real. <laughs> this is real. And the first person um, is uh, the boomstick, Nelson Cruz, who has played for five teams. Barney, can you yeah. name one? Yeah. Okay. Ollie, can you name two? Yeah. Barney, can you name three? Yeah. Ooh. Ollie, can Spicy. you name four? I cannot. You cannot name four. All no. right. 
Barney, can you name four? No? Three? Okay. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Minnesota Twins. Correct. Seattle Mariners. Correct. Yankees? No. Oh, damn. No. Can you, can you remember Nelson Cruz's most famous World Series moment? Also, David, no. Fr David freezes triple to tie up the game with two outs and two strikes in game six. Cardinals against the Rangers, no? Man, you're just giving the me answers here. Come on, the best game six. <laughs> oh, sorry. God damn yeah. it. <laughs> which, which one of those two oh, were you no. going to Okay. All right. Ooh. Sorry. Ooh. Okay. Um, how are we going to solve this? Uh, we're going to skip Nelson Cruz. Yep. <laughs> All right. Neither of us get points. Dang it. Okay, I'm sorry. I forgot that Holly had a chance to guess. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll find a different player like to, for a potential tiebreaker. Other teams he played for were Texas, Baltimore. Yeah. Oh, you, you guessed oh. Baltimore, didn't you? No, no you I didn't. didn't. And the one that surprised me was Milwaukee. Huh. He, played eight, he played eight games for Milwaukee. God. So, not bad. Yeah, I, I do this thing in my head where yeah. I, I turn Nelson Cruz and Robinson Cano into the same person. I feel like mm. some people have done that before you as well. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, next up is one of the Rockies. Oh, fuck. I did it again. I I'm guessing oh, that can, the Rockies is the one. obvious answer. <laughs> I can name one. <laughs> who's the player? One. I'm skipping that one. All right. No, Edwin, who's the player? Edwin, Ed Edwin Encarnacion. Oh. Oh. Um, he played for... Okay, one second. <laughs> he played for a lot of teams. Yeah. Seven. Seven teams. Oh my god. If am I Yeah, seven teams. Ollie, can you name one? Yeah. Alright. Barney, can you name two? Yeah. Ollie, can you name three? Yeah. Barney, can you name four? Yeah. Ollie, can oh. you name five? Five of his seven teams. Um. Hmm. We're gonna go with yeah. Five. Okay. Ollie goes five. Barney, can you do six? No way. No way. <laughs> Ollie, can you do six? No. No. Okay. I'm not risking that. <laughs> All right. Go ahead. All right. Uh. So we got the Mariners. We got the Blue Jays. Yeah. Uh. We got the White Sox. Yeah. Um. I just That's lost three. one of the teams. Yeah. Uh. I think we have the Minnesota Twins. No. No. Unfortunately not. No. Dang it. Barney, can you name two more teams? Uh, yeah, so we got the White Sox. Yeah. The Blue Jays and yeah. the Mariners from that. Yeah. Uh, Yankees. Yeah, four. Oh, I forgot he played for the Yankees. Rockies. No. No rocks, unfortunately. Oh, no. the Phillies. No. Oh, damn. No. No, you're thinking of Batista. Yeah. I think Okay, so. It's also. He also played for Cincinnati and Cleveland. And oh, I, almost, I forgot, about, I forgot yeah. about the Indians. I was thinking of Cincinnati. In I was thinking of the red jersey. Indians and the Yankees. That was it. I almost fucked up again because he always played for six teams instead of seven. <laughs> um. But yeah, nobody gets point on this round. Woo! 
So after a series of blunders by me and a half blunder that didn't turn into something massive eventually, mm -hmm. we finally finished our first round. <laughs> <laughs> On to round number two, Dexter Fowler, who played for, and I hope I can count correctly, four teams. Four teams. Talking about regular season games. Four teams. Oh. Barney, can you name one? Ollie, can you name two? I don't think so. No, I only got the one. I should know two because we just talked about him on the pod on the uh, off-season grading, but I can't remember the other team. Remember regular season games? Yes, I've played for this team. Oh right, oh, so he Marty doesn't. King. So the team he's currently on doesn't even count. Oh fuck! It doesn't. <laughs> God. <laughs> no, I'm sticking with one. Sticking with one ball. Sticking with uh, one. All right, go ahead. Uh, Cubs. That's true. Yeah, World Series winner with the Cubs. Played for uh, St. Louis. And uh, I, I was thinking. I was thinking. Of, I was thinking of the Cardinals. The Cardinals were my team. Yeah, I didn't remember that he played for the Cubs. Yeah. Um, no, you that's don't get a points point for the Angels. <laughs> that's what scared me when when he like doubled down on like postseason games don't count. I was like, oh my god, was he only in their World Series? Oh, no, I mean, like, as in spring training games don't count. Because he only just got traded to the Angels. Uh, mm. Yeah, yeah. So, that's why. And then he played for Houston for a season before he became free agent and went to the, to the Cubs. And uh, Colorado. The Rockies. All right. All right. So and then after... he got reunited. He got reunited with uh, Arenado this offseason, but then was traded to the Angels. So, sad. I think... Exactly like yeah, it was season. it was two hours after yeah. they got. Um, it was that and the one where uh, somebody there was under the 2019 tweet of the Colorado Rockies celebrating that they signed Arenado to an extension. Somebody just tweeted under it after he was traded to the St. Louis with woo. <laughs> just uh, a oh, bunch boy. of sad. Okay, so, so after two rounds, the score is one zero in Barney's favor we're gonna yeah. play five rounds in total and I'm this is the final one I had prepared but I will also add two more players because I fucked up the other dudes wait are, um, <laughs> are, are we following uh, banana ball rules yes each, I guess each round the winner of the round gets a point I guess no <laughs> we'll just we'll just count up all the all the all the all the points so number three, round number three is um, Zach Greinke, who pitched and hit, but just played for a bunch of teams. In total, he played for six teams. Oh, oh boy. Wow. Ollie, That's... can you name one? Yeah. Okay. Barney, can you do two? Yeah. Ollie, can you do three? Hmm. I want to say yes, but I'm trying to think whether whether I've just like meshed one of these teams. Dude, just what are say you doing yes. Not going for it. Exactly. What? What are you doing what? if you're not going for it? That's fair. All right, yeah. So you said three, right? Yeah. Okay. Barney, can you do four? Hell no. Hell no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Ollie, three. Uh, watch me just Jamie. overbid every single time. All right, so we got the D-backs. Yeah. We got the Astros. Yeah. All right. And now, I can't remember. Uh, oh, right. Are we? We're only doing regular season games, right? Yeah. 
He's on – is he on a new team this year? God, I don't – I'm going to go with the Dodgers, and I don't think it's actually the Dodgers. It's the Dodgers. Oh, it is the Dodgers. Oh, he, played, he, he played for the Dodgers <laughs> between 2013 and 2015. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he had his best season in 2016 uh, – sorry, 2015, and then he moved to the Diamondbacks for that stupidly large contract that he got. Ollie gets um, points. Ollie gets three points. The no, other teams he played for. He won the round. No, it's not. That's not how. <laughs> no. we, that's not. We decided on this before <laughs> we started the game. So he. So it's three to one for Ollie. He also played for uh, Kansas City, Milwaukee, and huh. this is one I wasn't aware of. He played uh, thirteen games for the Angels in twenty twelve. Dang, it was pretty good for them down the stretch. Okay. Now I have to find other players real quick. Um, <laughs> who, out of curiosity, who was the Rockies player you were talking about? Uh, Ian Desmond. I would have known zero. Yeah, I couldn't even tell you he was on the Rockies. <laughs> so there's a bunch of easy things here, so I can go like Clayton Kershaw, but that it doesn't, like, or Yadier Molina, but that doesn't really, <laughs> it gets, doesn't get you going, does it? Um, <laughs> Wait, it's my turn to pick first, right? Yeah, but I'm not. Can, can you do once again? I'm, I'm not, <laughs> <laughs> but that uh, only gets you one. Wait, point. so we've done we've done three rounds, right? Yeah, so two more rounds. All right. Yeah. Uh, I would say for the for the last two rounds, each of us picks a player, but the other person gets to make the first bid. Like they can say, "All right, I can do this many teams," and it's and the bidding starts from there. I feel like we can. We are turning this into a democracy. So if if. <laughs> Barney agrees with that format, this playoff format. And you don't get to look up who, so I, like, what teams the players done. You yeah, just I pick mean, the guy that you think I you know a lot of. It. I agree with it to be a good sport. I think I'm going to lose in this format. Okay. But I, I agree with it. Okay, then Man, I, I guess, I guess Ollie, you, you, like, because Barney is behind, you get to pick your player first, and then Ollie, Barney gets first guess. Are, are, we, are we agreeing on this, or the other way around? Barney, you want... It, do you want, like, in the final round, do you want to pick your player? Uh, so, if... Okay, but then I, then I say that we, I... we, we make the difference in that the other player gets to, like, decide how many... Like, has to guess how many teams he can pick without going, like, back and forth. <laughs> so, instead of, like, hey, Ollie, can you do one? Barney, can you do two? Barney yeah, immediately yeah. says, okay. I can do this many teams. Okay. All right. All right, Ollie. Say your say your, say your player, and I will look up how many teams he played for, and then Barney can get can decide. All right, the player is Jose Bautista. Well, we've done this one before, but I I, have I we? don't think you guys have remembered yeah, <laughs> how many I... teams he played for. All right, did we do Bautista? Uh, yeah, I think we did. I, I'm going to count uh... real quick. Oh boy, what's this? Oh okay. Eight. Eight teams oh you played for. <laughs> That's way more than I thought it was. Oh my god. So, Barney? Because mm. mm -hmm. <laughs> I have to pick three to take a lead. Okay. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Ollie, can you do more than that? Uh, I can do four. I thought Barney, we didn't get a chance do... to go back and forth. Well, okay. Do you want to change your guess? Oh, is then? that? All right, so that's how we're no, doing No, I, I, I meant as in we're not starting from one. Yeah. I guess that wasn't clear. Oh, I 
I see. I see. No, there's there's no way I'm getting more than three. I I'm I'm only guessing three because that's the only way for me to possibly take a lead, and then I have to hope that I can All come right. up with a player that I know of that Ollie doesn't. Okay. <laughs> that's definitely possible. Yeah. I don't know a lot of players. All right, so Ollie, you're you're uh, you're you're putting your eggs in for the four yes, basket. I am. Okay. Very beautiful basket. It's a good basket. All right. Go ahead. All right. Four teams. So, got the Toronto Blue Jays. One. The Philadelphia Phillies. Two. The Atlanta Braves. Three. And the Cincinnati Reds. I'm sorry to say that. Oh, Cincinnati he didn't play for the fucking Reds? Reds? Are not on this list. Oh, I could have sworn that was the team he came from. No. Where did he come from? He's not a J originally. Baltimore. He played for the mm. Baltimore Orioles. He played for the Rays. He played for the Royals. I was going to say the Royals. That was mine. That was yours? He played, yeah. He played for the Pirates. Ah. Uh, what? And Other... he played for... Uh, oh, he played for the Mets. The Mets and the Phillies and Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, could have sworn he played for the Reds. Oh, well. I'm still All right, up. Barney. Two? Yeah, in the final round. And Barney's going to pick a player. Barney's got to pick a player that he knows three teams of and also more teams than I do. Yeah. That's that's and what's got to happen there's here. There's no player. <laughs> Thinking through. Uh, Should add like a uh, hard heartbeat. I, I assumed you were just going to cut out the silence. Oh, I am. Truncate silence is going to do a hell of a job. Um, so I can I can see the pitcher's face in my head. Okay, that's what teams did he play for? <laughs> he was um, he was on maybe the... I can help. Uh, oh my god, we talked about him so much. Uh, uh, please, for the love of God, cut this, Ollie. Yeah. The TB. You mean TB? No, I don't mean TB. Uh, now that I ha- now that there's pressure on, I can't think of his name. <laughs> um, did he win an award recently or something? Or no. Oh, God. Is it a righty or a lefty? A righty. A starter or a reliever? Starter. Righty starter. And we talked about him recently. We we've what? talked about him a lot over the last year. Uh, current current player then. Current player. Over the last year. Uh, did he go to a new team this year? Yeah. All right, then you can tell us that team because that won't count. Yeah, exactly. Oh god. Good call. Picked, Good call. Who picked him up? Odorizzi. No. Starter. I was gonna say Bauer uh, again. But... Uh, uh, Kluber. No, not Kluber. Oh fuck. <laughs> um. <laughs> Rivey, right? Yeah. I think. It was picked up this. This offseason by someone. Yeah. It was signed. Dang it. Oh, fuck. All right. I'll, I'll, how, I'll pick how a, much? I'll pick a new how player. How much money? You, God, what is that guy's... He was on the Mariners what? and then he was on the Blue Jays. <laughs> uh, Ken Giles. No. No. The, no, not Blue Jays, then Mariners. Taiwan Walker? Taiwan Walker. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but that would have... Did he play for anybody except for the Mariners and the Blue Jays? I don't know. I think the Pirates, maybe. No? Hold on. 
Oh, Let's look him up. Tyone. Uh, yes. Yes, he has. There, there was potential there? Uh, yeah, so he played... He played for Seattle, then Arizona, then Seattle, then Toronto. Jesus. Yeah. All right. Uh, for, for this, can I pick someone who is no longer playing? I picked Jose Bautista, so yes. Oh, yeah, I guess yeah. that's true. All right, Nolan Ryan. <laughs> oh. Nolan Ryan. Oh, oh. God damn it. <laughs> oh. oh, I am wow. so screwed. Oh. This is this is good stuff. This is good stuff. Uh, oh. Nolan oh, no. Ryan. The teams he played for. Let's, uh, it's quite a list. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Now, now I need to think of, like, more than one. <laughs> It's actually only, of... only, it's four. It's only four? It's four. Barney, okay. you gotta get three of them. Otherwise think... we do this again. Oh my god. Alright, uh, if we end up in a tiebreaker, my suggestion is we each pick a player and the other person just names as many teams as they can from that player. No wait, that doesn't work because then you pick, just pick a guy who's only been on one team. I'll pick, I'll pick the player for the tiebreaker. You'll, you'll pick a player for the tiebreaker? Right. Yeah. Oh, what's one other? Alright. Start us you need off, at least Ollie. two, Barnes. Hmm? You need at least two. Yeah, how many are you, are you, do you think you can get? I on? don't. Hold on. Uh, I, I should know what teams. Two. Okay. I. I think for pure entertainment wise, it would be good if Barney just got his two. Because yeah, then we can do, do the tiebreaker. But like, yeah, I'm just I, saying. I can't. I don't think I can name two. Like, if I were doing strategically, I would try to, and then can force you, Barney to pick do, three or... Can you do more than two, Barney? I think uh, I'm going to try two, actually. I might okay. be able to Ollie, do two. Ollie's going to try two. Okay, and then, but Barney can think he can do oh, okay. three. I, I think I can do three. Okay, All right. Ollie, can you, can you do four? Absolutely not. Not a chance. All right, Barney. Three for the win. All right. <laughs> There's no chance of the tiebreaker now. Both Texas teams, Rangers and Astros. Yeah. I think he also played for the Angels. Congratulations, Barney. Yes! <laughs> Damn it! Yes! So, God, he was like, none of those... for the Angels when he like went away for a while, right? I think so. He played for the California Angels when they were still called that, but I'll give you the point. I, I just uh, said the Angels. Yeah, exactly. Um, he, he came up with the Mets. And then went to the Angels, and then to Houston. Um, I want to say that both of my guesses would have been wrong. <laughs> Good stuff. I don't know which famous pitcher I was thinking of, but it was not Nolan Ryan. What teams were you thinking of? Uh, the one that I was like the most certain of, which was not certain at all, was the Red Sox. God. Who the fuck am I thinking of? Tim Wakefield. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Pedro Martinez. Yeah, any, any Red Sox, but Chris Sale. Man, I don't know. Oh my god. Okay. So Barney won. Uh, okay, Barney so, won Swan's so game. The reason the reason that I uh knew both Texas was because like Nolan Ryan is Texas. Yeah, that's that's fair. Yeah. Alright, congratulations, Barney. You I won Twan's you won I my game. In no way expecting to win that. <laughs> that was quite quite the, the steal at the end there, to be fair. All right, that concludes episode four of Baseball Banter. Um, you can find us on YouTube, wherever you can find your podcast. Uh, be sure to check out any of our other content. 
Uh, we're still doing a countdown to opening day with our division off-season grades. We've done this uh, NL East and the NL Central last week. Next, we're going to do the NL West, and then we're going to end off with just a complete predictions podcast of just what a, we think, who will win the division. Exactly. Who will win yeah. MVP? Who will win uh, Comeback Player of the Year? Stuff and like bets. that. So. Not Mookie bets. bets. I mean, we'll no. probably talk about Mookie Bets. <laughs> we'll probably talk about Mookie, yeah. But uh, all right. Yeah. We've got a bunch of other plans as well, so be, be sure to stick around. Um, all right. That's, uh, say goodbye to the people, Barney. Bye. Thanks for listening. All right. Now you, Ollie. Goodbye to the people. <laughs> and it's goodbye from me.